Hello, everyone. You're listening to another episode of the Print Life Podcast, and today I'm going to be doing a designer interview with textile print designer Harriet Rusco. Harriet is a print designer, illustrator, and graphic designer based in the UK, nestled between the British countryside and London in Berkshire. Working as a fashion print and graphic designer with ready-to-wear brands, high street retailers, and suppliers for the past seven years, as well as designing graphics and illustrations for use within businesses for their marketing and social media needs. Harriet covers a wide variety of applications with her artistic abilities. I've had the pleasure of working with Harriet in many capacities, though today will be our first time chatting one-to-one. Super excited to have her on the podcast today. Let's dive in. You're listening to the Print Live Podcast. I'm Leslie Kinahan, owner and creative director at White Buffalo Studio and founder of the Print Life community. This podcast was created to offer insight into the hidden world of print design. If you're a surface pattern or print designer who wants to attract dream clients, increase sales, and build a sustainable business that you love, you're in the right place. With over a decade of experience, I'll be covering all things surface pattern and print design, sales, marketing, and mindset to support designers in growing a creative business. Whether you're freelance, in-house, or just getting started, I've got you covered. Welcome to The Print Life. Hi, Harriet. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast to chat with me today. I'm super excited to talk with you. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. So... Harriet, you have, we've worked together. We've yes. done, we now do the trend portal together. We've never actually had a one-to-one chat before. So no, we <laughs> I'm really excited to chat with you and to see uh, your face on the other side. I know in the membership, I've seen you a couple times, but, yeah. but we've never chatted one-to-one. So yeah. I'm really excited. So before we dive into our conversation, why don't you just tell us a little bit about your background and how you ended up in fashion print design? Sure. I love hearing other people's stories about how they ended up in print design because it's always such a different story from person to person. Um, Mine's kind of random as well, I suppose. I always loved art and design from being a child. I was always painting, always drawing, came from quite a creative family as well. And so knew that I always wanted to go into the creative industries in some way. And initially, when I was deciding to what to do at university, I thought I was going to go into fine art because I loved painting so much, but I also loved fashion. Um, and I spent years and years looking at fashion magazines and, you know, just loving all the pages and loving all the catwalk shows. And for some reason, never thought about print design. I never really wondered where those prints came from on the designs that I was looking at. And it wasn't until my tutor said, well, you know, you can combine fashion and art by doing print design and he actually used the word textile design and immediately I had a flashback of school of making cushions and toiletry bags and I thought I don't want to do textile design that's not what I want to do Um, but he said no print design and I really you know had not thought about it as an option before and then I finally did some research into it and decided yeah that's such a great option for me Um, you know getting to paint and seeing that painting not just as a painting but actually on a final product somewhere um, whether it be fashion or interiors or stationery or whatever it was 
Um, so I ended up doing textile design at university at Leeds, which is in the north of England and had an amazing three years there and then actually stayed on and did a master's degree there as well because I just wanted to make sure that I really wanted to do design. So I looked at textile innovation and marketing and advertising, kind of all the various sides of textiles that there could be. Um, but decided that I loved painting so much that I, I definitely needed to go into design. But I kind of left school thinking, now what? I don't even know where to start with with where to go. And I feel like print design is kind of a hidden industry. You know, you don't really know much about it. It's really hard to get your foot in the door. And so I just started interning at random fashion brands. You know, I'd go for an interview and they'd give me the job job on that day. And I would just have to do whatever I was asked to do within that studio. Um, and eventually kind of started doing graphic design and um, found myself really working in like small businesses and startup brands um, and kind of figured out, actually, I love working with small businesses and startups because you get to see so much of the business and eventually kind of built up this skill set of not just print design, but graphic design as well, um, across kind of so many different areas, you know, graphic design for fashion, so embroidery and quilting and laser cutting, but also graphic design for kind of marketing purposes as well. So, um, and then, yeah, I worked with a supplier, a retailer, ready to wear brand, and then eventually ended up freelancing and kind of bringing all of those things together in my own brand. Isn't it amazing? I do. I love hearing everyone's story too, because so often, so many of us that go to fashion design school, they're missing out on so many opportunities to share so many different jobs in our industry with us. I think um, I, I went to fashion design school as well, and I didn't know that print design was an option. They talked about textiles, but again, like you said, I had this like science side and you're burning yeah. fabrics and learning about the wef warp and yeah. <laughs> it didn't seem so art driven when I was in school to go that direction yes. and then you come into the field. I went to graphic design uh, as well and then ended up getting my foot in the door that way as well, which I think is interesting that a lot of us yeah. from graphic design to print design. Yeah. But it's very interesting to me that there's these little hidden jobs within the industry. You can learn so much, like you were saying, in libraries yeah. and there's just, there's so much. So when you ended up freelancing, did you kind of dive right into freelancing with small businesses? You got to see the print side of it and then just continued to build relationships in that area? Yeah, kind of. I mean, the last uh, kind of in-house job that I had was with kind of a lifestyle brand. It was a startup brand. And so I was doing graphics for so many different areas. And I kind of thought I love, you know, I was doing homeware and women's wear and kids wear and men's wear and just working with buyers and the marketing team and just kind of spread all over the place. And then I started to get a few freelance inquiries for actually graphic design work. Um, and I kind of had taken those on whilst I was working full time. And then just the way things were, I ended up thinking, actually, I could just go full time and just go for it. Um, and so the first clients that I had were graphic design clients. And I knew that I, I liked doing graphic design, but I wanted to bring in that print design element somewhere um, and so for the first four months I just ended up doing what every freelancer does and I was just saying yes to you know absolutely everything that was coming through which actually worked quite well because I figured out you know what I liked working on what I didn't like working on but I still was yet to really find my my print design 
part of my brand and part of my business. And um, then COVID hit. So I had, you know, these in-house jobs lined up and these interviews lined up to go to. And they literally all got cancelled, I think, in the same week. And I thought, oh, no, what am I doing? I've chosen to do freelance at completely the wrong time. Um, But then I started working on consignment with studios, with your studio, White Buffalo, and a couple of other studios. And I thought, you know, I'm, I'm making an income with my graphic design. I can kind of just use this time to actually work on my own handwriting and my own style as a print designer, because I was yet to really discover who I was as a print designer on my, you know, out there on my own, because I'd been working for, for other brands for so many years. Um, so yeah, I kind of spent that first year just really like honing in on my own style. And, and I think really in sort of the last year and a half, I've discovered who I am as a print designer and have slowly started to get clients and started actually working with more small businesses here in the UK and kind of found my way with that. That's great. So how long would you say, just to kind of give anybody listening who might be in a similar place as you were in the beginning, kind of moving their way over, how long would you say is realistic to give yourself to find those clients and to get your footing where you feel like you can actually turn this into a sustainable career? Um, You mean from kind of moving from full-time into freelance? I think I probably had freelance clients for about six months whilst I was working full-time. Um, and I think that was important to do because freelancing isn't for everyone. You know, it's, it's so difficult. You're, you're making all those decisions on your own. You don't have a manager to fall back on. You know, you are, you really put yourself in kind of a senior designer position because that's the only position that you can be in. So I think you have to make sure that you're comfortable enough working on your own and, and making kind of decisions on your own. And also that you're, you feel uh, confident enough in your own skill set to kind of take things on but again I think working in small businesses really helped me with that because I would get given a task and there'd be no one else to do that so I'd have to say yes and just kind of figure out a way of doing it you know and whether that was YouTubing something or looking on Google or you know texting a friend whilst I was at work who was another designer who like you know I had other friends who were interning at the time and we'd always text each other like how do you do this I've forgotten (laughs) um so yeah I kind of you know just really making sure that you feel confident enough to to go into it but you know saying that I still have imposter syndrome days where I'm like what the hell am I doing or you know a bigger client will contact me and I think oh my god I'm not ready for that yet but um yeah I think it's just kind of sticking with it and and knowing that you you can do it because you know you've done it for other brands yeah I think that imposter syndrome it's interesting that you say that because um I've been in this a while. And I still feel that some days Mm -hmm. I feel like that's just kind of a constant that shows up every once in a while for so many of us. And I think that it's a good thing when we feel that, because it could mean that we're stretching into areas where we're learning something new, or we still have more to learn. We're still experiencing things. Um, For sure. So I really, I think that that's a good feeling to have every once in a while. Yeah, no, I agree. Okay. So now as a freelancer, well, first I kind of want to quickly touch on, you just got married recently, right? I did. Thank you very much. (laughs) And I loved seeing all of your imagery come through. And I was so curious because of my own experience. Yeah. As a designer who is also getting married, do you feel like you were wanting to take on so many more of those roles that normally people get help with? Like I saw that you made your own print for your napkins. Yeah. What was your role in your wedding 
kind of yeah I mean I think anyone who knows me well would have known that I would never have hired anybody else to make those decisions because I'm, I always want to be the person who's making like the final decision on things um, <laughs> but I actually got very lucky because my now husband is very good at organizing he is like chief organizer of everything in our lives and so he actually did all the planning for the wedding that was you know what people were going to eat how many guests were going to come the timings for the day like all of the the kind of needed stuff for the day and I thought okay great I can do like the creative side of things don't have to worry about the actual (laughs) wedding um so yeah I naturally started to put together mood boards for every part of the day for my dress for the groomsmen for the flower girls for the cake and then I thought I really want to do a wedding print and the wedding print was so random but years ago when uh, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle got married their flower girls were wearing really beautiful white silk dresses but they had these printed sashes on and I just couldn't stop looking at them because they were a really unusual print they were kind of this like abstracted watercolor print and I they were sort of a bluey greeny color from what I remember and I never discovered what that print meant. It must have, you know, meant something or had a reason as to why they'd used it. But it just really stood out against anything else. And from then, I thought, I really want to have a print at the wedding that can be used, like, on the sashes, on the ties, on, you know, other things at the wedding. Um, when we started looking at prices of things, I realized how unrealistic that was to have <laughs> meters and meters of fabric printed in all these different fabrics so that we could have it used across everything. Um, so I eventually kind of settled for the napkins. Um, but I, I don't know about you, but I really struggle to design for myself. It takes me a long time to really nail down what I want. I think it's because there's not really a, a clear brief. It's just sort of in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I started an account on Instagram called Her Home, which is my initials and then home. And it was really a way of me kind of bringing together all of the vintage interiors and kind of chintzy patterns that I just absolutely loved, kind of 80s and 90s floral sofas and striped floral wallpaper. And I just kind of wanted a place to kind of bring all of that together. And really, my idea with with that was to make a fabric collection somewhere down the line. Mm -hmm. And so I thought I could kind of take the inspiration from that for this fabric for the wedding. And that can be kind of a starting point for her home, but also a way of kind of having some inspiration for this for this print. Um, and yeah, we settled on just the napkins in the end, a very different print to what I had in mind, but it really worked well in, uh, the setting that we had and with the reception and with all the flowers and everything and actually ended up a lot more simple than I had originally planned for it to be. You know, originally I was thinking full print everywhere, but, um, we just went with the napkins and then I found this really amazing event designer, Um, who I follow from my Her Home account as well. And she did this kind of Bridgerton-inspired event for like a shoe brand. And I thought, oh my God, this is incredible. And she'd use these kind of silk taffeta ribbons to tie off her ribbons on the placemats. And so I kind of stole that idea for myself. Um, And yeah, it kind of all, it all came together in the end. And I'm really pleased because we sort of used them as the wedding guests um, gifts that they kind of took home at the end of the wedding as well. So um yeah it was I I love a nice thing to do yeah and a nice way to incorporate kind of my love for print within the wedding I think as well (laughs) I really love that idea of letting them take them home that's yeah um so 
that's really interesting too, because I've always wondered what her home stood for. So those are your initials. Yes. Well, my Love old it. initials, Harriet Eleanor Roscoe is my, my maiden name is obviously Love Roscoe. Um, and I kind of wanted to do it before I got married because otherwise it would be head. <laughs> Harriet <laughs> Eleanor Day. <laughs> I thought her, her sounds a lot better. <laughs> nice. So, okay. So I've, I've wondered that as well. So her home is more of an inspiration, trending type of an account for you. You're not um, actually, are, or are you interested in going that direction in the future? Tell us the story behind that. So her home kind of started in lockdown. Um, we were obviously not going anywhere and I needed some a project to do. And so I actually started doing the 100 day project and found this book at my parents' house, which was kind of... Um, 80s interiors but I mean my parents have always had crazy interiors loads of prints loads of color loads of pattern everywhere um and so it really reminded me of their house but I started flicking through it and there were just some incredible homes in there it was English country homes and I mean just these very grand houses but with you know printed curtains and printed wallpaper and printed um sofas and fabrics everywhere but it all somehow went together and I loved how it all matched together but it was just so crazy and I really I started collecting more books I found used ones on Amazon and then with the 100 day project I started um painting and drawing inspiration from those books and kind of created this little print collection um put it all together on a board and thought I don't know what to do with this now I've got all these paintings <laughs> and I've kind of come to the end of it um and I also had all this inspiration I had a Pinterest board and all of these books and I thought I need to put this somewhere and that's kind of where her home came from because I thought I would love to have some sort of interior fabrics collection at some point in my life I don't know when that will be so I've kind of been working on the prints you know turning those paintings into patterns and making kind of mini collections um, there was a point really randomly where I almost sold a lot of the prints to a oh. home brand. Um, and then I couldn't let them go. I just felt really attached to them and I ended up. Keeping them. Um, but I thought, you know, I, there's, it's very rare that you keep a print really for yourself or a whole collection for yourself. And I thought there must be a reason why I want to hold on to these, these patterns. So yeah, hopefully one day I'll make some kind of fabric collection out of them. And I thought my wedding napkin is kind of a peek into what the fabrics could look like. So it's kind of a, a slow work in progress of, of something for one day. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. love that so much. I love the story behind that as well. Um, that's so funny that you had a collection of prints you could have sold and you decided to Yeah. <laughs> There's something there. I love that. Yeah. So it, that's kind of a creative outlet for you then, kind of a future of what's to come. Yeah. Where are you right now? What type of revenue streams? What things do you have going on as a freelancer mm -hmm. in your career at the moment that you're doing? So um, I actually went to a really interesting talk by a designer called Lisa Stickley. And she was originally a textile designer, I believe. And now she does kind of children's books. But her talk was basically about how to be a self-employed uh, designer and how she kind of uh, structures her business. And she talked about having kind of your bread and butter design work your good design work that you still earn money from but it's a little bit less regular and then your bespoke work so sh which you know you're charging your kind of top price for and it may be that you're only doing it sort of a few times a year but that is like your best best work that you're spending you know weeks on weeks on um, maybe even months on 
And I thought, yeah, I really love, I love that structure because at the beginning of my freelancing, I was just saying yes to everything and it was a complete mess. And I, you know, I was trying to fit things in where I could working ridiculous hours. Um, so now I would say my kind of bread and butter is my, is my graphic design work. I now do that half of the week. So I have about two and a half, three days, which are filled with regular client work. Um, I have about three or four regular clients that I work with at the moment, and that is graphic design for kind of blog posts, social media and other marketing materials. And then I also do layouts for books and ebooks, and I've done children's book layouts as well. Um, and then illustration kind of comes into that a little bit as well. I, illustration kind of came naturally from print design and sort of mixed with graphic design. And so I do illustration projects for, for brands. And then I also do kind of private commissions of illustrations as well. Um, and, and then I suppose the next section, the next side of my business is, is my print design. So then the other half of the week is then print design work. And I kind of at the beginning, like I said, was trying to sell my prints on like every platform that I could find and trying to just get them everywhere and actually realized that's really not the best way to do it. And so I had to, I kind of got rid of everything, took everything out of all the platforms, came off nearly every platform that I had selling prints on um, and decided that I would do my own online shop. And that actually came from your print life um, platform where I was following on you know how to create your own print shop and I just thought yeah I'm gonna I think that's what I want to do I want to try and do that and um, so I launched that this summer and I've had um, quite a few sales since which has been really great but what I really made sure to do from those sales was have contact with the client so start a conversation with them and just see if there was anything else that I could do for them and I just I don't know how it happened, but they all happened to be small businesses again. So then they had more design work that they wanted me to do. And now that's kind of built up a more regular client base of, of brands that would like prints, but also other kind of design work um, within that. So that's kind of the other half of my week. Um, and then I still try and work with studios where I can, but it's not it's um it's it's when and if it's kind of more of a seasonal thing rather than a sort of monthly monthly thing that I work on and then there's obviously the trend boards that I do so I do the trend portal obviously but I started um a supplier that I was working for I was actually doing some homeware prints for them years and years ago and I moved away from that but then they got in contact for some trend packs and they're big trend packs that needed to be sent to high street uh, retailers here in the UK for homeware um, and so I spend like a week doing these trend packs they're big you know seasonal trend packs that go to to these home um, high street brands and grocery shops um, and so that's another side of my business that I've kind of brought in as well is providing trend packs and kind of really monetizing all the trend research that I'm putting together and making sure that I'm making sales from them and they're actually going to people who who need the trends and who need you know that kind of work. Yeah, it's interesting that you say um, with the online shop specifically, I'll, I'll jump back to that and then I'll come back to the trends. Um, I think it's really important that designers understand that we do in the beginning, you know, I work with so many designers who have stuff on so many platforms mm -hmm. and it really does make it hard for us as freelancers to build those connections and build relationships with clients 
And it's having those relationships, I believe, that are going to give us that consistent income. Mm-hmm. And when we're just another designer with other prints on a platform and we're not building those connections, it makes that process really hard because we're just constantly churning out work and getting it out there and not really building anything or establishing yeah. those connections. So I think exactly. it's great that you touched on that because if you had you not, had you just opened your shop, let them buy from you and then keep trying to sell you may have missed out. I mean, who knows how much work, who knows how many dollars, right? Or exactly. not dollars, but pounds. Yeah. Right? <laughs> pounds, yeah. Um, and I think it's it really is important to let designers know how key it is to reach out to those clients, thank them for their purchase and try to build that relationship and continue right. to work with them, especially with small companies, because you never know what they're going to ask you to do. Yeah. could end up giving you another skill set to have in your back pocket for another client down the road. Exactly. But I think it also shows them that you have more skills than just designing a print. So, I, you know, I go above and beyond and make sure that I'm delivering stuff early to begin with. And, um, you know, I'm I'm saying I can these some other skills that I have, I could do this for you really offering everything that I have to them, and then they can really see your value. And actually, one of the clients stopped buying from the shop and I'm now working on bespoke prints for them for their for their next collection and I think they really saw actually she's a really good designer to work with not just because she can design what we want her to design but because I'm delivering things on time I'm replying to emails I'm you know a nice person to work with and I think all of those things really really come together and they don't get to see that from just literally you know pressing purchase on a on a website absolutely especially um on other platforms other than your own, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So I noticed a while back, it's, I want to touch on the trends now. I noticed a while back, I loved your trend boards. Um, Even when you, I think, submitted a portfolio to our studio, I, I saw on your website, you had a blog and you had these really beautiful trend boards. And when we launched the trend portal, I was super excited that you said yes to work with us. And it is very small, new, thing that we're doing, but I love seeing all of your boards and how they come together. Um, I want to chat a little bit about that because you're able to now monetize your trend polling that you have to do already, right? For your own Mm -hmm. work, your own design process, being able to monetize that is, is great, which is why we launched the trend portal in the first place. So talk a little bit about when you do trend packs for clients, like how did they find you? How did you get started in doing that and what kind of goes into that process when you're doing that for a client? Yeah, I mean, I've always just loved collecting imagery. I'm the first thing I do when I sit down on my computer is go on Vogue or go on Pinterest or go on the blogs that I love because I just love seeing new things that people are doing. Um, And just putting together trends is just something that I really love doing. That was something I started doing in lockdown and posting on my Instagram, which is obviously where you saw my boards and the first things that I started posting on my blog were also trends. And I just loved putting them together, but I never really thought you know to to monetize it and to send them to people and that people would actually buy my ideas because I think in my head I thought everyone must love putting these together it's so fun but actually people don't (laughs) and people don't people don't have the time either you know it's very time consuming to put them together Um, and I was putting together you know mini little boards but yeah the the trend packs are particularly for the homeware supplier that I've, I've I've worked with previously 
they're huge it's so time consuming and I think I spend like a week maybe two weeks sometimes putting them together because you're you're collecting all the imagery I try to keep up to date with kind of uh you know new industry news and and new designers and everything that's going on in different industries in apparel and in home um quite regularly so that I don't have to kind of do deep dives into into new imagery I've kind of already got a starting point somewhere um but yeah in terms of the the trend packs I've really just done the homeware ones I would love to do more fashion ones because it's just so fun um but yeah with the homeware imagery I, I mean I usually get kind of a starting point for you know a different uh a different section in each brief so it might be homeware for the kitchen, homeware for um, uh, an, an adult bedroom, homeware for a kid's wear bedroom. And then I'm really just literally going through blogs, going through Instagram posts. Actually, influencers are really helpful because they tag so many brands in everything that they do. So I use Instagram a lot as well. And really just pulling all that imagery together and then eventually making you know a board and images get thrown out and come back in again until I'm kind of really happy with um, with what I've got and I can see that a trend has started to kind of form somewhere um, and yeah but, I mean you can it's very lucrative I think making making trend packs I really can't afford to to spend a week or two weeks doing them because they you know you can charge quite a lot for them which is is great because it's something that I really love doing and it's very different to um, the actual design side of things and like you said I'm going to be making them anyway I'm going to be using them at some point so I I have it you know in my files forever but it's also been sold to a to someone else to use as well which is great I don't think there's anything more enjoyable than sitting around and putting <laughs> words together I love it <laughs> um, I want to talk a little bit about this because I find that there's so much crossover in home and fashion, though it hits at different times. And there's like a, there's this back and forth, I think, with home and fashion. Mm -hmm. So speak to that a little bit. Like when you're putting um, trend boards together for home, are you pulling from fashion and vice versa? Yeah, definitely. I knew. I think I think I always start with fashion, actually, because I think you can really see print trends form better. Homeware trends are really hard to find. You know, you have to really search for the good home blogs or search for, you know, other designers who are interior designers, maybe putting together boards. Um, again, Instagram is, is great for that. But I find fashion so much easier to research for. And so I often, you know, look at the print trends, see what's in and think that would work really well in home. For example, like oversized monochromatic flowers look great on bedding as well. You know, if you, you change the colorway, you increase the scale of the print and all of a sudden you've got a bedding print. So I think fashion is a really great place to start for trends. And then you can really pull those images into Pinterest and into the blogs and just see how homeware would work against them. Um, so, yeah, I think fashion is always a great starting point and really is the kind of the starting point for most trends, I think. Yeah, I love seeing how trends trickle in and out of different mm -hmm. industries and markets throughout the yeah. like the shelf life of the trend and yes. which ones it hits first and second and third. Um, yeah. and, and then they come back around again. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're wearing a dress that matches somebody's curtains that's also yes. <laughs> on the on the bedding. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that I think the trending is really an art in and of itself and being able to enjoy taking the time to do those things. I love that aspect. 
But when it comes to the actual design process and you start pulling those trends and adapting them to different markets, to different clients, to different products, how important do you feel it is to have a good understanding of your end product during your design process? Is that something you usually think about beforehand or do you design something and then let the design tell you where it fits? I definitely think about the industry that it's going to. So if it's going to an apparel market or if it's going to a home market. Um, and I would say that the majority of time, that's kind of a, that's kind of enough. You know, especially when you're selling to a studio, you don't know really where that print's ending up. And I've sold prints through a studio where it, I've designed it for a fashion piece and it's ended up going on stationery. And I saw it on a notebook and I thought, oh, that looks, that looks really cool on a notebook, but that's not what I designed it for. So I think it can work. But I think if you are designing, you know, I have some brands which are sleepwear brands that I work with and an activewear brand that I'm working with. And it definitely makes the design process easier knowing the scale of the item that I'm designing for, what the item is going to be used for. Um, you know, color palettes for activewear are very different for color palettes for sleepwear um, and and women's wear and um, kids wear, you know. So I think it is it definitely makes the design process um a little bit it kind of brings it together I think a bit easier otherwise you're just working you know with random color palettes that you don't know where they're going to end up or you know the scale of the print you don't know where that's going to end up so I think it is important to know you know what the end product is going to be and especially like you said working with the studio like we've sold apparel prints or prints that were for swim to curtain companies or yeah we do wall coverings um so you never know what it is they're looking for but I love hearing the design process from different designers, especially when you're working in two different spaces at yes. the same time. So what is your favorite part of the design process? I feel like you already know what I'm going to say. <laughs> I love the research side of it. I think for me, that's just the most interesting part of it. And I think you can... I mean, I have some paintings here that I've just painted literally from looking at catwalk and that's as much research as I've done. Um, but I love, you know, like I was saying with the, the research books for her home, I love that side of things where you can look at an image and then you can, you know, see the references for that image and then you can search the references. And then before you know it, you're in a completely different path researching something completely different yeah. than what your starting point was. And then I think it makes the painting and the actual design process so much more exciting because you know how much research you've put in to that design and what your starting point was. And, you know, you maybe have now looked at different artists and different eras and so many, so many different inspirations that you can get, not just trend research, but, you know, so much so much other research that you can go into um so yeah I mean I just love putting together imagery I have literally mood boards right behind me that <laughs> I'm not really using for anything I've just literally cut them out of magazines because I love them um yeah. but I know that I will look at that one day and be inspired by it so I think I think that will always be my favorite part but I also love the painting part of that as well but like I said I like to make the painting part you know a, an exciting part of it and I think the research really um, really makes that the an exciting part of the process. Yeah. What's your favorite, like outside of gathering imagery and doing industry research, what's your favorite thing outside of your home that you like to do that 
sparks inspiration for you when you're uh, I love going to exhibitions I'm a stone's throw away from London so I can go in you know whenever I like which is great but I can also leave which is also great um and I, I go to exhibitions but I won't go to you know just a textile exhibition or an art exhibition I go to really random ones I went to an exhibition that was showing um office furniture from like the 1940s <laughs> which was really random but they had all of this the the colors that they had back then were so muted and like these really vintage you know color palettes that they would use and that was really inspiring just for the colors you know and the textures that we used on things so I think you can really gather inspiration anywhere and I'll you know I'll go to photography exhibition or an artist's exhibition that you know it might be very abstract art or some an artist that you know I probably wouldn't be personally interested in myself but I'm still really interested in their process and how they've created what they've created. Um, so yeah, I just try and go to as many different things as possible. Um, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love like music, theater, yeah. know, movies, film. Yeah. Do you like to go on your own or do you like to go with somebody or does it not matter for you? Um, if I go with someone, I like to go with a designer friend because I think you're in the same mindset and you can kind of just wander off in the other direction and find your own inspiration. Whereas I think if you go with someone who's not a designer, you end up chatting a lot and it's kind of more a social thing. And I'm kind of like, no, I want to go and look at that thing over there right now. And I want to go and stare at that piece of art for 10 minutes and <laughs> see what I can see in it. So either a designer friend or on my own, I, I think is best. There are some designers out there that are either just getting started or maybe they're switching course from one area of the industry to another or one job to another or even contemplating going toward freelance mm. what would be your best piece of advice um, if they're just getting started um I, mean, I think there's lots of pieces of advice that I've learned along the way um but I think really what's helped me is just saying yes to things and it's not you know I have obviously touched on that I've said yes to too many things at some point in my <laughs> career but I think really to get to that point saying saying yes to something that you think you can't do is definitely going to help you in the long run because you can figure it out you know if you can open up photoshop and you can open up illustrator you will figure it out you'll find a way to do that thing and you just feel so great about yourself once you've been able to learn a new skill on your own or complete a new task on your own um and just take all the opportunities that you can get you know I went from one internship to the other because of another intern that I was talking to and I just said yes to it and then I found myself at another internship because I just said yes to it and I didn't really know what I was going into but I learned such valuable things at all of those internships and I'm really glad that I did say yes at the time mm. um, so I think just you know try and overcome the imposter syndrome a little bit and just say just say yes <laughs> I definitely agree in the beginning of your career that's the best thing you can do that's how you learn what you like what you don't like and yeah you opportunity to try new things and to exactly. really put yourself out there and get uncomfortable a little bit yeah yeah definitely. Yeah, yeah I love that that's great advice so with everything you have going on which sounds like a lot <laughs> what are you most excited about next year anything specific I don't think anything specific. I was actually thinking about this because I thought, oh, we've, we've had the wedding this year and that whole process took up so much of my time that I thought I haven't really done much with my business this year. I feel like I haven't been productive enough with it. But actually, when I look back on things, I've 
really nailed down the graphic design side and I've got you know regular clients on the go I've got regular clients on the go with my print design I've started my shop um, and I've got bespoke work on the go and I thought actually I've now got these it's taken me a while taken me a couple of years but I've now really got these three areas of my business in a really good starting place and so I'm just excited to build upon all three of those and just see what else I can do with my business you know I'd love to start reaching out to much bigger clients and you know working on collaborations and bespoke projects with them um but I yeah I just feel in a really great place to kind of to build my client list and to and keep doing what I'm doing I think so yeah I'm just excited to kind of go for it next year I think <laughs> love it. that all sounds really fun and exciting and I love hearing about all the different projects you have going on and getting a little peek into what we've been seeing so can you tell everybody if they want to go follow you and see what you're up to and kind of follow along where can we find you um so my Instagram is at Harriet Rusco which is kind of just like my everyday designer account and then um, I'm at the print boutique for my print shop and then at her home for my home account as well and then I have my website which is harrietruscodesign.co.uk which has my portfolio on and my shop on and also my blog as well so it's kind of a bit of a home for everything nice thank you so much I'll make sure that I link everything um, that you just shared below so that people can click through and and take at what you're doing. Thank you so much for coming on and chatting Thank with you. me, sharing your story and everything that you're doing. It's so wonderful to hear. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so fun. Thank you, Harriet. Talk to you soon. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Print Life Podcast. If you're enjoying what you're hearing or you have found that some of these stories and interviews are resonating with you or you have any major takeaways that you've implemented in your business, I'd love to hear from you. Leave us a comment or a review on any of the platforms that you tune in to the Print Life Podcast on. See you next time.